joining us yet another brewery guest. I, hopefully you guys never get sick of him, but I, I think we got an interesting one here with our new friend Jason of Wabasha Brewing Company. Jason, thank you so much for jumping on. Super, super excited to be here and extremely grateful for the opportunity to come talk with you guys, hang out and uh, drink some beer. Have a great time. By the end of this, we'll see if that's your stance still, but very, very happy to have you <laughs> yes. on. I mean, we're, we're just going right after it. Rip the Band-Aid off. So Jason yeah. here, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. We have breweries. The third or closing. fourth wave yeah, in this freaking pandemic. We're, we're going to be on a new variant here soon, I'm sure. Several breweries have closed throughout this process, and you decided that you know, naturally the smart move was to buy into this industry right now. <laughs> talk talk yeah. me through that talk you through that okay uh <laughs> i have to go like way back because it's like 15 <laughs> plus years of dreaming business plans yada i mean this is what i've wanted to do for a very long time and so the re i mean like the meta reason for like why i want to do this is because i'm like rationally hugely rationally optimistic about this next decade and about what's coming up in the future so i've always been a futurist and like looking at things i'm like why not dive into a brewery like i let's open a restaurant too while we're at it right like <laughs> and so it may seem obscene but like it comes from this like very big rational optimism about this next decade and hopefully beyond that obviously as well but that's just kind of how business cycles you talked about waves go right so that's what i wanted to do uh, i was blessed with uh losing my job uh as a i guess i was a, a supply chain executive for a international pharmaceutical company I uh, did that for about the last five years. And before that, I kind of did uh, food manufacturing, beverage manufacturing, um, manufacturing in general. My like central core concept was lean manufacturing, uh, Toyota Kata and uh, scientific thinking is um, what I love doing. So I lost my job, had some other personal things occur like in the previous two years. I was in a bad car accident, couldn't walk for like two, like uh, half a year, six, 10 months was just like struggling to stand and walk, had some young kids in the process, had kind of given up on the dream. And so, and then uh, I lost my dad, like in January of last year, um, two months before losing my job. I'm like, well, you know what? Like, fuck it. <laughs> let's go. Let's chase this dream. And so literally that like Tuesday after I lost my job, I was in Wabasha, found they were listed out there. There's like a Zillow for businesses. And came in sampled the beer was in this tap room i'd seen it before but like fell in love immediately and uh story goes like I, I drove to the top of the hill here on the west side called the broker i'm like take it off the market um i'm the guy and he's like well we can't do that you have to have a business you have to do like five or ten other things i'm like yeah yeah, yeah i get it but like but i'm the guy this is, but this has happened this is meant to happen so um I don't know if that exactly answers the question of like, why do this in the pandemic, but that's what got us here. That's what brings us today to, you know, talk more about Wabasha Brewing and what we're, what we're going to be doing in the future and all other things. Man, that's an unbelievable answer. Like you send, you sent shivers like down my spine there. I mean, condolences obviously, you know, to the passing of your father. And Thank that you. was a lot of shit that you went through. And the fact that you, you know, quote unquote, said fuck it and just dove in on your dream anyways <laughs> it just shows that i mean you are you're, you are a positive and and i guess uh what did you say optimistical or uh rational, rational. optimist 
don't know about rational. Optimistical. All the time, but... optimistical? <laughs> optimistical. Is that a word? You're throwing a lot of words at me there that I don't can, understand. But we now. can get it, but we will get into it more in this interview. But no, just that's truly outstanding, man. And what a what, what a an origin story, even though it's a short short a short one uh, thus far. Yeah, and there's other like bits and pieces in there too of like, I mean, we're here to talk about some sports as well. And so like with my dad, I was we had like a 20 year old sports card collection and I'll, like, I, I've just been a grinder in my career, like always like one step up, one step up, like just, just working hard and doing the damn thing. And I like, you know, I come from a very like blue collar family. My dad was a meat cutter. My mom was an accountant for three M for like 40 years. They each worked like their whole career for one company. It's very like just from New Brighton, lived in Minnesota my whole life. Right. Like <laughs> you'll hear me say you betcha and all sorts of other like Minnesota about, you know? And so like, it just got to that point of, okay, we've got all these like sports cards. And so I heard, I think Gary Vaynerchuk of all people talking about sports cards and how they're hot. And so like, I started digging through my collection, old collection and like, uh, showing my dad, my dad, these are worth like, remember when you wanted to put me through college with these, like we can like start a business with these, <laughs> you know, like let's try this out. And so I like spun up an eBay store and that's part of like what gave me the, the leverage, the capital, I admittedly to like, buy a brewery with sports cards and then and then shout out to the board apes too like nfts <laughs> like the sports cards transcended the nfts and yeah it, it's it's this weird culmination of like a bunch of these events that bring me here to be slinging beer and living out my dream man so don't ever get up on your dreams y'all like that's a it's a big thing i want to get across to people and something like i hope we can do as a business is you know be rationally optimistic and have this like lean operating system that helps to learn and implement and teach different things through, uh, through a brewery of all places, maybe some other businesses in the future. Dang. And so, I mean, okay. So the, the place was funded by dirty sports cards and NFT money <laughs> by the end of 2022. Can we expect this to be called Gary V brewing company or like, what? <laughs> that that's oh. crazy because it's like to the book, exactly what that guy preaches. And dude, it, it started your yeah. dream. Yeah, you know, hey, it, what works works, I guess, is what I'll say to that. And like, it's like pure happenstance again that like I just happened to have a like millions of sports cards and autograph. Like, I didn't even touch the autograph collection that me and my dad got face to face. All of them are signed in person. Like, this is just something like we did back in the day. And they sat there untouched for 20 plus years. And I went through them. So when I was, when I couldn't walk, all I could do was lay on my stomach for like, six months and i could like barely move around the house and so like i had them bring over these boxes of like five thousand count sports cards and i would just lay on my stomach going through these cards setting aside the good ones looking up the values because that's all i could do and i was in so much pain i couldn't sleep at night either so it was like let's watch sports card stuff and learn about it like obsessively to um <laughs> to do it so like no it will not be called gary vaynerchuk brewing company unless <laughs> You know what? If Gary's listening, he wants to throw me like a big, big offer. Like, I'm not going to say no. Gary can come on board at that point. But <laughs> he's, uh, you know, Gary's Gary. He does his thing. And I think that uh, it works for some people. and doesn't work for other people as well. I have to A, go, go through my old Pokemon card collection again. And B, <laughs> check out my old Steam account. Because I'm sure I have Counter-Strike skins that I could probably work with an NFT somehow down the road uh we can have a whole conversation about that on another time jason that, <laughs> that whole world's truly outstanding to me but it's a little uh it's a little off the rails here on uh, on our podcast we'll get back to the beer talk stay over there yes <laughs> what are we drinking here tonight uh we'll start with our guests here jason 
Right now, I've got um, Brett pulled out, uh, like, it's been aged for, like, 18 months, but it's a uh, Belgian quad, and it was, like, a solo barrel in the back of the cooler that he had sitting back there. I'm like, is that any good? Are we going to throw it out? Like, if we're ever going to put it on tap, can we just put it on tap? And so we had, like, a keg that we kicked last night of our um, new white chocolate white style called Horror Frost. And um, so that kicked last night. I'm like, we got to pull something else on tap. And so this is what got on tap. And it's, it's amazing. It's just banana bread and like cherries and dark currants. I don't know. It's wow. nine, nine and a half percent. So yeah, we'll, we'll ride that one easy, but I got all sorts of other things we can choose from over here too. <laughs> How about oh, you guys? Baby. So I stopped in last night, grabbed a couple goodies, was very disappointed though. The one you just mentioned there, horror frost. Could not get that to go. And Isha, the best way I can explain that is <laughs> Immortal Toast. But Ooh. a little bit more of the roasty exactly. and yeah. creamy variety. It, it was a weird like combination. That. Like, I don't know how to explain how roasty and creamy somehow goes together, but it did. So that, that, that's what it was. <laughs> you know what? You know what? <laughs> I think the only reason why I can understand it is because I'm Persian. And we, we always snack on like walnuts or like heavy nuts and um like feta or you know some something crease some like creamy cheese and that that's always the combo so good. you know i know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> okay well that's weird um but we've got here really cool can label which always appeals to isha and it's actually one that you had recommended jason when i asked you very unique style as well so let's get into that tell me before i pour it what what is the blueberry crush Ooh. <laughs> so wow. the blueberry crush is it's a blueberry pale ale in its essence but we Damn. thought we were we were playing around with like we wanted to do something i mean we released the blueberry crush with a big like summer wave in january by the way like we're not marketing professionals clearly um <laughs> it's not part of the lean <laughs> system <laughs> no no uh yeah soda stick would be like what are you doing man <laughs> So seasonally appropriate, um, but we were trying to do something different with our pale ale. Honestly, it's it's a, in my opinion, classic American pale ale with Amarillo hops. It's just one single hop. And I think it's a great pale ale. It reminds me a little bit of Three Floyd's, um, oh shoot, gumball head without the wheat. So it's got this floral side to it. This like nice, you know, flowery piece to it. And we thought the blueberries might work with that to like do redo our pale ale because it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't move. It's like a dead beer. There's somebody that comes in and drinks a lot of in the tap room like every other week. And that's about it. So that's what created the blueberry crush. And I have to admit, like it turned out really good. We didn't know we were just playing around. <laughs> okay. I'm going to have to do it from the can initially because I'm notorious for being bad at pouring crawlers. So <laughs> Cheers. Um, we'll, we'll see what the, the cans like here. It's got some color to it though. I was going to ask if it was blue. <laughs> blue. Oh wow! Like, like the NFT? Are you throwing an NFT in there? No, no, or? no! I'm not even kidding. I had oh. um, in, in a Isha Christmas... doesn't make pop culture references. <laughs> no, no, I don't. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, over the holidays, it wasn't this Christmas, but last Christmas, I had um, a Phillips Brewing out here on the West Coast. They do like an Advent, like a beer Advent uh, pack, and one was literally blue, and it was like a blue barley that they used, um, huh. which naturally, yeah, it naturally brews a literally like it looked blue like. Corn? yes yeah that, that that's huh. it it was um and it, it looked like powerade it was hilarious but i had no idea right because the, all the cans are very similar you know the the designs weren't really different they all just had like funky holiday related names so when i poured this thing i was like like is, is this a sour like what am i getting myself into and it was like 
it was like I think it was a it was a lager if I'm not mistaken. It was just a very simple tasting beer, but that's why I asked. Yeah, yeah, it was very interesting. But anyways, so James, like that white chocolate wipes out. This, I was like kind of like okay, buddy, when you said floral, but holy shit, that's exactly what it is. Like anyone that would come into this expecting like sweet sugar whatever from the blueberry, right? Like this is the opposite. Like I would never have guessed that it was blueberry. I would have never guessed that it was a flavored pale ale, but whatever it is, it tastes good. So <laughs> that's yeah, it was one of those weird things that I don't know. And, we got we got to work on that for the the tap room though. Like having it labeled as a, a blueberry pale ale, you might have some people that are like not getting it because they don't think that's for them and some people that are getting it and they're like the hell is this? But it's good. That's, I, I just don't know the proper thing. way to market it. I don't either. We don't. We didn't either after we had it. We had another one like that that they had like on the board as like a Japanese saison. I'm like, nobody's going to order a Japanese saison, y'all. Like, that's scary. So we changed it to farmhouse ale, and I swear sales tripled the next week. <laughs> yeah. We're like, oh, farmhouse ale. Sure. <laughs> that's welcoming. Like, <laughs> That's safe, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I do want to hit on something else, uh, yeah. Jason. As I look at the, the can label, which again is beautiful, I noticed you have a quote on here. All right. So yeah. everything is not what it seems. This life is but a dream. Sturgill Simpson from Breakers Boar or Breakers Roar. Sorry. Um, yeah. But I've seen that's kind of a new thing since you took over there as well. I don't know if you run the social, if that's a shared activity, but you guys are always throwing out different quotes randomly yeah. and it it's it's interesting like they, they kind of catch my eye and sometimes i'm like okay that totally hits and sometimes i'm like ooh, there's more here and i want to know about it <laughs> some of it comes with like intent uh we, we i like to do like a song a day and honestly it's like there's just I, i'm heavily influenced i've read tons of books and you know I, I try to do beer related quotes but like i realize like there's a limited amount of beer related quotes <laughs> but it's i kind of do like a daily reading from a a daily stoic book and it was just kind of like okay there's, like there's a quote there and like i have a daily planner that always has a quote in it and i'm like why not just run with that idea if there's like naturally a quote out there that like makes sense like put it out there on on twitter it goes on twitter you know and then same thing with like the song of the day like there's always just kind of like a you walk back in the brewery and hear some like heavy metal hippie stuff going on i don't they're always listening to something dark and uh it's like all right let's run with that like let's what's the song of the day and like i don't know those are things like we we have lots of books here. We want to be a, a you know a neighborhood pub type of brewery, but we also like heavy metal and stuff like that. So it's how do we share that part of our part of our being and like bring that into the business as well with music, art, and beer being something that we really feel works incredibly well together. Well, it sounds like you have a good culture, you know, even just like within with around your staff and just within the brewery. And I know you say like you want to make that neighborhood pub style. So I'm sure the culture mm -hmm. for your your clients is amazing, right? But like, it sounds like you have a you have a good thing going with your staff and like internally as well. Well, it starts with our values, honestly. And like, this is probably really Brett. If Brett was here right now, he'd be make he'd be calling me starchy and corporate, uh, and I'll eat that. That's fine. Uh, but like, love for people. So Lean has two like particular values: respect for people, and it's called scientific thinking. I took that kind of twisted it up a little bit. We have love for people and improvement thinking as our first two values third value is teamwork this for me involves community building not just internally but externally and the, the the fourth value we have is experience is everything and so when we're making decisions on the daily every hour whenever it happens like we're trying to put it through those four like values and really filter it down because if we 
we're focused on our intentions. Like I'm, I'm here to build something for the ages, like build a legacy for my kids and my family and do, do a lot of good in the community. And so it's hard to like, when you're a new entrepreneur and you're starting a you know business in the middle of a pandemic, it, you don't want to get, uh, you don't get, want to get whacked upside the head and lose, lose sight of that long-term part when you're dealing with short-term uh, obstacles. Very cool. You, now, we never heard what you were drinking, by the way. I was just about to say, Isha's going to bitch Isha. at the end if we don't let him talk about his drink. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I won't get into it too much because all our regular listeners, they know, and I featured it recently, but uh, picked up another. Actually, no, I have to give him a shout out. Shane brought me another one because I ran out of uh, Dead Frogs Nutty Uncle Peanut Butter Stout. Unbelievable. It, uh, it's not, and I say this every time, but it's not as good as Dangerous Men, but uh, it, it's up there. Ooh. And there was one that I had, and I, I mean, I talked about this on a recent podcast too, but there's one that I had from California recently, uh, Coastal Brewing Company, and they had a, a peanut butter chocolate stout. And usually I, I like more of like the, the peanut butter taste of it more so than the, the I, I'm not a huge sweet beer guy. This one is a little, this one's not on the sweeter side, much like the Dangerous Men. However, the Coastal one, I, I'm surprised that I liked it more. So, so there you go. But, but anyways, always happy to enjoy a nice nutty uncle. I thought for a, for a short period of time that they discontinued it, but it, alas, they just did a rebrand. And, yeah. Aren't uh, you the asshole that bought like 30 of them? I, was, I literally <laughs> was just going to tell Jason, I was that asshole who, cause they only sell them in single cans. And I saw him at a liquor store. Yeah. That I usually don't go to is right before new year's. I mean, my buddy, I, I looked at him and was like, we're gonna be we're gonna be that those guys and I literally like all like the whole shelf I got I got them all and it was a long line New Year's Eve everyone was staring at me and then I see the coastal one on on the shelf right when I'm about to check out I'm like oh I'm grabbing that too and they're like oh my god <laughs> so much peanut butter <laughs> so are you typically a, a porter stout darker beer drinker is that your preferences now yeah now I am actually it's since meeting Hoppy here and doing this podcast he. He introduced me to that whole world. Um, I dabbled a little bit before, but just kind of stuck to what I liked, stuck to what I knew. Um, but yeah, I, I guess just Guinness was my first intro into it, and I was like, eh. But then when you when you try Dangerous Men's Peanut Butter, I mean, it's a great it's beer. Like, yeah, it's a great beer. Then I was like, okay, I, I can actually get on board with this and you know test the waters a little bit more. Now I'm hooked. You know, whether it's something that's super bitter or you know something that's even on the sweeter side. Now I'm. I'm intrigued. I had a like a, a vanilla creme brulee uh, stout over um, over New Year's as well, and that was that was unbelievable. It sounds sweet though, like super sweet. Exactly, but that's what it blew my mind. I've, I'm usually not into the sweeter stuff, but lately, as I dive into more of the yeah the, the darker beer world, like I'm more open to it. I'm, I've been liking them more. I like a hazy IPA that's like sweet, or I don't know any any sweeter IPAs. I don't know. They're they're not usually for me. But anyways, cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. Cheers. cheers I'm biased. Gonna open and, a new one over here. Oh, done with, what is done it? With, finish the quad. Transcendent. So uh-huh. That's that's another one that I have in a crawler. <laughs> yeah, we're working with uh just some different IPA recipes. Uh this is a no-coast IPA. It's got citra, simcoe, and strata hops in it. We we're going for like a dank strawberry patch strawberry lemonade with that little citrus finish okay. but something with that simcoe and uh citra hop really brings out some of the lemony side of it and so that's 
that's what we were trying to brew. We think we're pretty close to it. We still play with the recipe a little bit here through these beginning batches, and that's out there on shelves just in here in uh, late December, early January. Nice. And, I mean, that's the yeah. fun part, right? You get to come in, take what's already a good beer, and start coming up with creative ideas and new things you can try from a brewing perspective. But, again, you're a couple months in now on the ownership of the brewery. Is that right, Jason? Yeah, I got I got to admit. Okay, so – with the brewery came a great brewer that I think is just under, under marketed. I don't know how else to say like, and I'll be the first to admit I had not drank Wabasha beer prior to April of last year. And so coming in here and like sitting down and tasting through the beers, like I was blown away. Like not everything's great, but like everything is really good. And how do you take this? Like, great really great beer and just get it out get it to places that's really what my job is is and, and with brett it was a little like we brewed uh with sometimes you um when you're you know selling a brewery and i don't want to tell the story for or brett but it's like you're not going to reach outside the box to do something that's risky when there's an acquisition occurring or like the brewery was on the market for a period of time and so that's where i i all credit to Brett for all the beer here. Like that dude, I, I love working with that guy. And they're like the, the, uh, this term's terrible, starchy term synergy. Um, you know, we took the learning collaboration. Oh, I mean, we got loggers coming out. He's got a sour coming out. We've got a barrel aging program. Like we're just going and like nice. just pushing all in on things. And that's where, you know, I would say like the one thing I've done is like take the shackles off. Like he'll throw some things at me sometimes. Like I, I think I told him at one point, I'm like, I don't care how much you spend on hops. Just, you know, <laughs> he's like, oh. remember that one time you told me that Jason? I'm like, yeah, yeah. that was a, that was a different mood. <laughs> so one of the things, like taking the shackles off. We got, Ooh, that's uh, awesome. The night queen, uh, barley wine. Cool. And so this first rendition, this is the first barley wine brewed at Wabasha, but that, is also in some barrels. We got an apple brandy barrel and some bourbon barrel. We'll do blending. Um, just starting small, but getting that momentum going from a barrel aging program. So that's going to be a barrel aged beer moving forward. But this first year, we just had the the raw beer to do, and it's it's a really drinkable barley wine. That's what we're going for there, because once you barrel it up, we didn't want it to be too hot. Um, we want we want to be brewing beers that are highly drinkable. Okay. Hobby, we'll have to get the Bruise and Bruins guys to, I, to take I a taste. I knew that was right where your brain was going to go. Um, so, obviously, there's, like, the exciting stuff coming in and making some of these changes and, like, the positive. You've never run a brewery before. Yeah. What What's just, like, slapped you in the face the first couple months where you're like, I did not know that this was at all part of the process? Hmm. Um, two things. Seasonality. Especially in like the tap room, but also in liquor stores. Um, <laughs> fuck dry January. That's a, that's a silly concept. <laughs> it's you. sober October. If you want to do it, it's sober October, not dry January. Okay, and and definitely not. Too it has October. to October is the start of hockey season, Jason. We can't do that. No, you so, get back into shape. Training camp. There you go. It has to rhyme or fuck it. <laughs> people that try. I just had. I think people that try dry January are probably setting themselves up to fail. Uh, so why, why, why start it in the first place? I kid, I kid all due respect to anybody that does dry January, any of that stuff, like, not really. and be anybody that's sober, like, <laughs> touche, uh, you got me, damn it. <laughs> um, so 
where the hell was I? Seasonality. And then there was a seasonality kick my ass because coming into the business, like you make acquisition, there's all these one-off costs and you're like, <laughs> you look at the bank account and you're like, geez, all right. Didn't expect that to happen. Um, so you feel that. And so that's one thing. The other thing that like, man, this is like going to come off as like a desperate plea for like sales and marketing people to be like, we need to go help this guy. Um, but honestly, like learning to sell beer was really funny to me. And so I'll just tell the story like week one, I go out and I'm out there selling and I decide I'm going to go to restaurants and I'm just going to like drop in at restaurants. But we've got this Japanese size on. So I'm like, I'm going to go to like these specific restaurants all across town, drive over there and like do the whole thing. Like it, what an utter failure. So the process for selling to bars and restaurants is very different than selling to uh, liquor stores uh, is very different than selling a crawler in the tap room is very different than selling uh, a tap beer in the tap room. These are like four. So when we sat down, there's like four discernible like sales processes there that I just had to learn and fail a lot through and still fail a lot in. And it's, it's like the most like great humbling experience because at the end of it, like, even when I fail, I feel like I'm up there like playing baseball again, where it's like, Oh, I've added like 400 today. That's pretty good. <laughs> like I only got hung up on once. This isn't so bad. <laughs> or like the, the eternal, like they're in a meeting. Oh, this is the fifth time that they've, they're in a meeting. Like, All right. We won't call, but it, it, it's just every day there's something there, but you know, it's so much fun because at the end of it, you're, you're selling beer. Like, you just have to remember that at the end of the day. <laughs> so have you, have you had like a big breakthrough story yet? Like your first big sale that you've made when you're like, oh shit, I can do this. No. Um. <laughs> so, so what's going to be the, what, what's the one that you're like looking at? And like, I know there's one that you've like gone a couple times to keep blowing you off. You're like, yeah. I'm going to get this fucker. So I don't think there's been a big sale, but last week I did tell somebody, I'm like, it's happening where this momentum and this build and, and what it hit me was I looked at our, our outbound sales and I didn't have as many like deliveries, like every case counts for a brewery our size. Like we're, we're very small. We're like 500 barrels last year. I hope we do 750 this year, um, 2022. And so <laughs> there was, there was stores that ordered six brands from us, like never in the history of Wabash. I have, they had six beers in cans at the same time. And we're able to service those accounts because we've got inventory to do that. And that was a, that was an operational thing that I was like, we need inventory to go and build and then we can go out and like grow accounts. But if we're growing accounts and we sell to somebody and they sell through and we don't have anything, like we're going to be, that's mm -hmm. ultimate customer disappointment. Again, experience is everything. So yeah. that's something that like, that was a breakthrough for me, but I don't think we've hit, like we've hit home runs. I mean, we, we launched a Kolsch in the middle of December to the market this is not coal season and it seems again man, it's a bitch. very contrary but there was purpose behind that because by the time the like coal season rolls around by the way it's coal of the wild shout out wild we can get to sports here but like that was like okay we're launching this in the middle of winter so that when coal season does roll around i've already got this like baseline build of stores that are ordering it and then we've got more on top of it that are coming in when the season actually hits so it, it seems counterintuitive, but it made a lot of sense at the time. It was the number one selling beer in the tap room, and it's a great Kolsch. So it's something I feel confident going out there and, and selling. Yeah. So, so over the course of this year then, because I know that's taken a little bit bigger look at it, you know, 
several seasons we get to factor in and a little bit more experience under your belt. You already talked Mm -hmm. about it. We got the barrel aging program. We got sours coming in. We're working on upping the distribution and sales angle of things. But what are the biggest things you see changing with Wabasha Brewing this year? So three primary things. Um, We have to first build demand. And so to build demand, we're going to start with the patio. And the patio, you're going to see regulatory bodies abiding. Um, (laughs) Bless them. They will enable us to take our, like three quarters of our parking lot and make that into our patio. So right now we've got this divided patio with a driveway through it. Like we get the whole thing. And so that I think would arguably make us have like the biggest outdoor patio in St. Paul breweries. Don't quote me on that. That Somebody right. out there challenged if, me. If it wasn't St. Paul, <laughs> I might have challenged you. I know I know our friends at Back Channel are pretty thinking, much the yeah. ones that totally That's engineered Matt. the parking lot patio. But yeah. St. Paul, I think you would have the biggest. Although I, you're probably right there with our friends <laughs> over at Bad Weather. They got a pretty big patio outdoor space too. But yours yours is awesome. So I've been out there a couple times here over the, the, the COVID experience. And yeah. like the fire pits outside, getting music out there. Even getting yep. cigar rollers, that was fun. Like, that's it's awesome. just a cool vibe. Dude, cool vibe. this was a cigar shop. This building was built in 1885, no. and it was a cigar shop from cool. like 1905 through like Prohibition. So, like that, you'll see the cigar roller back here. I think that's cool. So, more, is, more. is that at all like related to the logo itself? Then it almost kind of has the cigar sticker look to it. I I don't know the full origin story on the logo. I mean, is, is the logo staying? Is it staying or is Ooh, it changing? That's a good at question. All? I think we will play with the brand, not the name, if that Got makes it. sense. So we're yeah, going to change the shape. Left, but it's, same, yep. same identity. Gotcha. Not immediately, but over the course of time, we're definitely going to be doing things like that. Yeah. Cool. So number two, tap room. This whole building establishment here, about half acre plot. There's two apartments upstairs. So one's a long-term mm-hmm. rental. The other, we're going to have an Airbnb launching in the month of March. Uh, so the Airbnb above the brewery, maybe that, another unique part of it. That's so cool. And then we've got the tap room. So the whole other half of the tap room, there's like, we can double its size basically and move that, oh, that same okay. neighborhood vibe over to this other room. We'll affectionately name it as the, uh, the green room because it has the same old tin ceiling. Uh, it's just, it's painted green. So we're going to play with that motif and make, you know, I, I would use the term Haiga. Like we want a fireplace over there. or I'm sorry, a hearth. It has to be hearth-like, I was told. So <laughs> this is Brett's idea, and I'm like, I love it. Uh, the music will move over to the other side. We'll have, you know, more communal seating, some couches, video games going on. Like, not oh. like video game machines, but like, you know, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, all that stuff. Like, uh, yeah. That's cool. Okay. Like yeah, that's, that. so that's, that's step two, and then the brewery comes after that. I mean, it's demand, and then, like, that's, we got... A whole like double decker brewery situation going on so we can fit in some lagering tanks bright tanks build what we need to do like without tearing walls down which is always <laughs> yeah, uh, right. the more fastidious approach <laughs> yeah. to brewery expansion yeah uh, well jason we're gonna have to get out there before you guys make those changes because we're gonna go in and start doing video uh profiles pretty much for different breweries but we're gonna have to get it now and then do the whole before yeah. and after yeah, that yeah. for sure but that, that's black. really cool. That's really cool. And so, I mean, anything that's going to be changing then from the beer perspective, I mean, obviously you already 
said Brett's killing it and we're not going to obviously yeah. rock the boat, but do you have things that you've like been inspired by either from other breweries or just things that you personally feel that you want to try and inflect more in the brewery? So I, I steel sharpened steel. And that's where I say like me and Brett working together, like our vision for beer is pretty similar, I think. And we have our differences and that's, that's awesome because we get to like, okay, provide that perspective. And like, if it's just a bunch of yes, people are like, Oh, that's a great idea. Like that. I don't know. You can go down rabbit holes and I, I don't want to like throw stones in a glass house here, but like, you're not going to see any like quadruple fruited uh, smoothie sours this year out of this. So, so when are we getting the peanut butter beer is the question. <laughs> April, I think. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. What, when in April actually, because I am coming, I'm coming between April 2nd and 17th. <laughs> we might be able to work this in. Honestly, like we, we, we did a peanut butter version of our vanilla porter. And I, I think we're sold that like that's the one that's going to move in seasonally and okay. just kind of rotate throughout the season and be the like the dark beer for the brewery that's that? in cans and being distributed. Vanilla porter with peanut butter with, you know, we can mix it up. The, the blueberry crush in the vanilla porter. We have a whole secret menu, too, that our community has created of like different blends of our beers. So that's, that's some sweet. of the fun that's things cool. that happen in the tap room. Like it's like a In-N-Out Burger secret menu. <laughs> the McGangbang. So, Here we go. You're going to have a whole Reddit thread soon, which is like the, uh, yeah, the secret oh. menu at, at Wabashaw. Yeah, I, I would say some of the names, but like they're tap room only. So what happens in the tap Fair room enough. stays in the tap Fair room. Uh, <laughs> so I think from a beer perspective, we want to like get really focused on brewing extraordinarily high quality or world-class styles. I would call out Nuclearis as a huge influence, Russian River. Um, these are my primary influences from like the greater brewing world outside of Minnesota. Cause it's like, that's where we, we want to be in Minnesota. Like that, that's our full focus. I, we don't want to grow and distribute elsewhere. It's like neighborhood pub feel Minnesota. Um, so if I could be the nuclearis in Minnesota, that would, that would be a, a very like high esteemly place that I would put up there where it's, we want to brew a gray lager. Um, highly drinkable beers kind of all through that full spectrum. Like I think Nuclearis does well. Okay. And you just got to have one beer that's illegal to take over state lines. <laughs> that's exactly. I mean, that is that not the best press ever? I'd that's like to how see you make like it. That, that borderline along like the like Nuclearis sales are clearly higher in Hudson than anywhere else or superior. Insane. Insane. And for Russian river, like we want to, we're going to do sours. We're going to do kettle sours to like get the ball rolling here, but long-term, and this just takes years to develop, but we're starting this year. It's mixed culture fermentation. And so how we do that and develop a full, like mixed culture fermentation program. I was a microbiologist, pardon me, back in the, back in the day, that was my education. I started as a microbiologist. And so I love yeast and like, we're going to have a, I've got a number member of the ownership team is a quality control director uh chemist by nature but knows a lot about microbiology and so we're working together to really build our yeast pro yeast management program out and that's going to include a lot of mixed culture fermentation taking samples from around these variety of like great breweries and um I, indeed does a great mixed culture fermentation in the state of minnesota that i think i we hold in high esteem and we'll start down that path al alongside the barrel aging and stuff but that's, that, uh, that's what yeah. gets me the barrel aging <sighs> That's, that's hard. It takes long. It's like hops. You got to like put it away and forget about it and not touch it, not drink it yourself. It, that's like the biggest challenge, right? Now. Oh, but. I, yeah, I hear that. <laughs> now, so <laughs> let, let's, uh, 
off of that then, because we talked about all the like great things that you want to change and you talked about really the big key values for you guys, the mission statement. And you talked about teamwork. You said how important it is both in Mm -hmm. the tap room, but also really importantly with that community there. So what isn't changing? Like, what are you ensuring doesn't change here with the people that have been going there for years that you're like, all right, don't want to lose them. Well, we got Sam and Kevin down and Becky down in the tap room. Uh, so like those guys are, are core. I mean, they're amazing. And we, we've had, I'll just face it. Like we, we've had our tap room manager changed over recently. And so I'm in the position of like, don't change anything, but change things. So we introduced QR code menus. I mean, simple little changes. We moved the, we moved the crowler cooler over here. We've got a merch board that shows like the prices on that and where the merch thing. So we're, we're going to be doing little incremental experiments to make improvements in that tap room, but without altering the vibe, the vibe, like that is the experience is everything value. And like what has to fully counterbalance that focus, full focus on what provides value to our customers. And I'll even throw out there, like when we're going and this is like not an egotistical statement, but like when we're going to a liquor store, like I'm, I'm picking the, the right liquor stores to hopefully where they're, in places that are going to bring the right hardworking people back to our brewery because that's the vibe that we have. And so we're not overextending ourselves into different markets and area, just areas of the Twin Cities mm-hmm. or throughout throughout the state yet because one, we don't we don't have to do that yet. And two, like we really want to build this community first and have the right, you know, as we grow it, we want to have the right support throughout it because this neighborhood has supported this brewery. I wouldn't be here without them. And like some of them like threw out there on Instagram when we had to have the, the, the vaccine mandate post. And there's like, we got you, we had you, you know, back when they shut you down, we got you now. And it's like, y'all don't know how much that means to a small brewery like us to have a community like we do build here on the West side of St. Paul. And like, we're going to continue to be involved in programs in this area that help develop this community. So that's the big thing that like, as our momentum builds and we're able to contribute, whether it's monetarily or time-based, like this place will be a pillar of this community and providing uh, hopefully, you know, different programs and bringing different opportunities into this area um, for a long time, for a long time. Gotcha. That's awesome. I don't know if that answered like not changing anything very well. Did I avoid that question? Oh yeah. I mean, very, very political. I seem I come in hot with the like change experiments and you're like, "Eh." no, it's just an interesting line to skirt, right? Because it's one of those things where you want to evolve the brewery. You want to like, you know, change things for the better. Like it's a business, right? But at the same time, you don't want to lose anything, but uh, you should just deleted something off our outline here, but oh, there he unremoved it. All right, I'm just going to go into it for him because I thought he was going to ask this, but he, so he had a list of beers that he wanted to like ask you about, like the, the origin and like where it came mm-hmm. from. And obviously, I mean, cool. Been there a couple months. So <laughs> we're going to spin that. Okay. So we got some interesting ones, one of which I, I've raved about before on here, just the, the style itself, but I think you guys kill it. We got the West Side Popper. Okay. He also listed the Mango IPA and the Red Velvet Cake Stout. <laughs> Now, okay. those are all very like off the beaten path. Very unique beers. Unique. Yeah. yeah, unique. 
So I, I want you to that kind of rank for me, not even necessarily how Brett does with each of them and like that, but like, <laughs> which ones do you like? Like you came in and you're trying these beers. You're like, oh, I'm going to buy this brewery. Yeah. And which oh. one were you like the least inclined by? Well, and to jump on that, like were any of those three part of your flight when you had your initial sit down last year when you decided, okay, Ooh. this is this is the brewery that that I'm that I'm going to buy. So I drank all 12 beers that day. Um, attaboy. Attaboy. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have to. If you, if you, I mean, you Free have flight. to. There was a long conversation had that day with uh, with the taproom manager at the time, JP. Shout out to JP. She was amazing. And I wish her all the best. Like, it, it, like so there was a lot. It was like a four-hour stint. And she, she was amazing and, like, answered all these questions, was flying around the room. Like, it was amazing. She was a huge part of, like, why I wanted to acquire it. So. I'll start with Westside Popper. Okay, because that I, scares me. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> no, it shouldn't. I'm not. A, I'm not a spicy beer guy. There's Westy on the front with his uh, jalapeno pistols. <laughs> so shout out to our artist Matt McDonald too. He's yeah, our yeah. house artist. Does all the artwork cool. for us on the cans and and on the crawlers and stuff like that. He's amazing. Grinder drums on Instagram. He's he, he's hilarious. Like these guys are so into like dark heavy metal. Like. They throw all these band names. And I'm like in tears every time we meet with them. Like if you knew how much I had to like hold back the like <laughs> the, the labels sometimes with like the the crazy ideas. I love it. Um, he's exactly what we wanted an artist for this place. And he does an amazing job. So Westside Popper, not a spicy beer guy. That thing scares me as well. <laughs> I have to like, I'm going to be brutally honest. It's the best spicy beer in town. Mm. And it's it tingles the tongue it's this like sweet heat and we do a pineapple version of this thing that comes out on in may for cinco de mayo oh. brett, brett has said this himself so i don't feel so bad saying it but like the pineapple version might be and as the superior version and it's out of this world like the pineapple popper version is like this is a great great spicy beer though and i challenge you know let's have a spicy beer competition we can do this um and i mean this in like all the best like of interest but like we want to host like a hot ones version of spicy beers here at wabash oh Shop that'd be oh, fun please yeah so, so like, uh, the, one, the, spicy the one beers. You, you gotta invite uh <laughs> why can't i even think of their name now pine jack pine jack pine yep their years and theirs are like the two that i cling to but yeah. For me, because I'm like really spicy good. beer isn't necessarily my go-to. Like I've had some like spicy Mexican like chocolate stouts and stuff, and it's like eh, sure. not yeah. necessarily my thing. But this is just like it's got that hint. Like you said, it tingles the tongue, but it's also like refreshing at the same time. I just yes. I fucking love it. It's a it goes so good with tacos. I have to like like I <laughs> haven't done that yet. Like, <laughs> oh, it's unreal. Like that's it's it. not too much spice, you know. Pad Thai. It goes great with pad Thai as well. So, no, so you just have to eat spice. something spicier yeah, than the like, beer, and it doesn't spice taste spicy. <laughs> and you can drink multiple of these things, and you're not gonna like have that like, ooh, I hate, I ate a spicy banh mi sandwich for lunch today feeling where you're like, ooh, those like raw jalapeno, like you're not gonna get that. So okay. Brett smokes the jalapenos himself out back, really does the whole nine yards. It's a yes. All right, I want to be fun. out there when he does one of those smokings. That sounds delightful. <laughs> okay, so is the spice, uh, is it different than drinking like a? 
like a traditional ginger ale, right? Where this, where it, it's a different type of spice, but it's more lingering. And like, you can't drink yes. a six pack of traditional ginger ale. I'm sorry, like no one can tell me that you can do that. It's it's you not ginger enjoyable. ale spicy. I don't think you should drink this beer. No, but no, you know what I mean. It's it, it's, it's one of the, like it's one percent. I wouldn't authorize like drinking a six pack of six point one percent beer. You do you, but uh, no, I think that like it's it's a beer you can drink multiple of. It's not like like super spicy. It's just okay. I don't know how to define it. You gotta try it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so good I, job I, so I, far of avoiding the question though. Like you, you got to rank the three out of I your am, preference. So that that was <laughs> number one. Okay. What was my third? I know it was the mango IPA. Mango IPA and red velvet cake stout. Okay, so mango IPA was on tap at the time. And I compared the mango IPA. So that's probably the one I'd pick at the top. Okay, that, um, that sounds That's good. my number one. And it's like too hearted with a little bit of mango in it. Like okay. that's, it's an American IPA. Nice. It's bitter. And then it's like, cool. This has got mango on the back end to kind of round out that bitterness and smooth it out a little bit. That's a and good compliment, to be honest. Like refreshing as hell from what, what it sounds like, anyways. It it's like it changes a lot. Like as we like taste it on tap and depending on how old the batch is, like it really like melds together differently mm -hmm. over time. And I mean, Town Hall, Masala Mama was like mm -hmm. one of my favorite beers of all time. And okay. like so I, it, is, it will not compete head-to-head -head with Masala Mama. It's a very different beer, just like, a, you know, Pliny the Elder is very different than Bell's Two-Hearted, right? So, but that's what, but I, my best comparison is Bell's Two-Hearted with Mango, and it's it's awesome. It's a good beer to drink all the time and a nice, solid American IPA. Nice. Okay. The Red Velvet Stout. Load, loaded question here, but, so I came in right on, like, seasonal transition. And we had set a target of like what that one wanted to be. And it was one of the first beers I was like working through the recipe with Brad and like not working through the recipe, but like I looked at it and I was like, what do you, what do you want this thing to like taste like and feel like? And, <laughs> and so we were targeting something that had like a thicker mouthfeel to it than when it came out of the fermenter and bought like the flavor was there. So we were like, okay, off target. We're only going to do one of these batches this year and we'll come back to it next year. So it was kind of like tuck that one away and it's done. But the beer has matured beautifully and is drinking amazing right now. So it's definitely like, it's not overly sweet. You get this hint of chocolatey, like that red velvet chocolate though. Like it's just in the mouth feels actually really rounded out as it's been around for three, four months now. So just a nice, easy drinking medium stout. There's no lactose in it or anything to build that mouthfeel up. There's not extra maltodextrin or anything. Some of those tricks that the brewers can pull out, just grain, water, hops, yeast, you know? And so, like, the, I think it came out pretty good. There, there's the, the red velvet piece of it. That's right. That's not just grain, water, hops, yeast. <laughs> How did you get the red velvet flavor out of the grains, Jason? I could not explain that. A little extra water. That's what did it. Yeah. There was a, he, Brett wanted to try some red velvet, and I'm like, let's go. Like, let's make that the stout this year. We needed a stout on tap, something darker. And it's, yeah. So I, for me to complete it, mango IPA, West Side Popper, red velvet stout. But that, that's kind of fluid. Yeah, and I mean that very political again. Out, I mean, it sounds like that's the first one that you guys didn't fuck up the seasonality, so that's good. Progress. 
you know what? He was all over it. That's all hit <laughs> again. Credit to him. He's like, we need a stout. We need a porter. I'm like, yep, we do. You're right. <laughs> I, I had him a brew like a, an Imperial IPA. Uh, oh, another regret. We brewed, not a regret, but like I brew, we brewed a, uh, I brewed, I suggested we brew a orange dreamsicle beer, <laughs> like heading, heading into December. Like, I want to taste it. What's it taste like? Is this a good idea? It's about me. <laughs> i've never had any of these beers and Jason, you know no, no one's gonna buy that i, I don't care <laughs> <laughs> so well we had we, we deal a lot with the chatterbox they they have a lot of our beer on tap in town and so they they wanted a, a large heft of that batch as well and it, there's another one of those that has like matured really well over time and tastes awesome as we move into the spring season right now it's like it's the perfect beer that we wanted it to be originally so okay fair fair now isha already mentioned he is allegedly here for two weeks in april he has yet to give me the revised schedule of when he's even available while he's here but gotta ask everyone jason aside from wabasha which will obviously be a stop because i'm gonna make isha cry by trying the west side (laughs) popper that's way too spicy for him i didn't Uh, say that i couldn't handle no you you insinuated it when you said that ginger ale was spicy ginger (laughs) you can make the west side horror you you can blend it down with some of the white chocolate white salad it'll minimize the spiciness the west side horror off the secret menu so isha we can just make it half and half with water and we'll be good huh shut the fuck up (laughs) All right, so back back to the, the kind piece of this for me. If Isha actually shows up, aside from Wabasha, which we're going to hit, yeah. what other breweries do you feel like he has to go to? Ooh, I don't know which breweries you have been to. He's been zero. 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 Okay. I'm from British Columbia, Canada. <laughs> he has never the been whole, to There's a whole lot of Canadian jokes I'm going to avoid at this point. Oh, Straight to the question. Canada. Bring, bring them on. Because <laughs> you yeah, guys yeah, are you, more Canadian you than Ontario. don't have a maple syrup one? <laughs> um, Actually, funny enough, made maple syrup two weeks ago. <laughs> See, they're so true. No, Canadians are like the nicest people in the world. I used to play, I played baseball back up there many years in like Thunder Bay, over Jason, in Winnipeg a little I'm bit. I'm telling you, you awesome. guys are Canadian. Like, you're more Canadian <laughs> than Ontario. <laughs> I dig it. Um, So... The other breweries to go to in town. I man, that is a tough question. I'm gonna say you gotta go to Blackstack. Okay. Okay. I think Blackstack, I mean, they're great. Um they're they're gonna be the hazy IPA stop, we can say, of the of the adventure. Okay. So we're gonna play Blackstack, have some hazy IPAs, probably like a triple dry hop, triple IPA. Um <laughs> But it's, it's going to be I like it. No, I'm taking notes. Hazy <laughs> IPA Blackstack. Yeah. Then you got to head over to Barrel Theory for some adjunct stouts. Yeah. They're going to drop some like heavy Interesting. oil down in there. Huh. And if you want to cap it off with like a sour that makes your jaw lock up, like Barrel Theory can, they can hit you up with that. See, I, so we I got put you, Barrel like, Theory and Blackstack wow. neck and neck on the IPAs, but I don't really go to either of them for the stouts. So it's interesting you say that. But I, I love Barrel Theory stouts, and I mean, yeah. you, Isha, you remember Timmy? Like that's that's a place we gotta go regardless. Yeah, <laughs> Timmy and Todd are the men. I love those guys over on the other side of town. So they were gonna sweep through um, St. Paul and and head back over to 
I, I, I guess in Minneapolis, but this one might catch you off guard. I'm going to call out Sisyphus Brewing. Good peanut butter beer. And it's like, it's a great, like, two-barrel brewery, small place, right next to, like, uh... It's right by the oh, ice garden. There. Yes, by the... You can go look at some art. It's April. Get outside by the Walker Art Center. So, check out Sisyphus. And then I, I got to roll through um, kind of two options. I mean, you can go up to, like, North Minneapolis, like, straight up Central Avenue. Hit, like, there's, like, the block of breweries over oh, there. Yeah. Or, or you can head over to the North Loop stick around downtown a little bit longer you can hit a modest on the north loop or you can head up towards fair state in uh north northeast minneapolis on central avenue those would be the places mm -hmm. i think i'd get if you really want to venture out west then you gotta hit lupulin out in a uh, big lake oh, we're, going, um, we're going we're going have, all right <laughs> yes they sent me justin, justin will murder you if you don't go to actually hey i have to answer <laughs> justin's email right after this and b <laughs> and b he sent me gift cards so i have to go redeem them for christmas <laughs> <laughs> oh, so God. that is a uh yes that that is a must for sure awesome have, like, i can't wait week, go to fargo moorhead by all means hit up well, I, th I think i think we're, we're gonna plan to go go up there but anyway i got two two weeks and honestly i'm probably gonna drink beer every day while i'm out there <laughs> jason so. you and i are very much on the same page and all right so i want to spiral off this for a second because i don't know yeah. i mean obviously you kind of stuck tighter to the cities there but across the greater like minnesota brewing group like, do you have relationships with any breweries personally? Like, is is collaborating on beers something that's going to be a big oh, push for question. you guys as well? Or does Brett just do his own thing? You know, I think, oh, two things. Yes, there's collaborations. No, I don't have personal relationships right now. And it's kind of weird, like, in the pandemic. We, we've got some. Where it's like, there's no Craft Brewers Guild meetings going on. So it's like, uh, how do you get to meet people and do the whole network? <laughs> hey, thing, Jason, right? I'll, I'll answer that for you. The soda pod. <laughs> the soda pod? That's what we're here to do today. I think awesome. we've, we've connected awesome. with what, like 30, 30 some breweries now? I think, that's a, oh. I think 30 is about the number. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be, I, I'd be honored. Pretty much I, this I'd whole be wall like... behind me, plus some. <laughs> soon, soon oh, yeah. To be added. I'm staring. I'm staring. This is good. <laughs> um so yes we want to collaborate we want to get like our, our shit straight first before we do that necessarily so like those collaborations again like i don't think you're gonna see it we're gonna brew full spectrum of beer so like we're not gonna have like four or five hazies on tap at any given point in the future so like and, and it's something like we haven't really done here necessarily like a true hazy ipa so like that's something i'd love to collaborate on with another brewery I mean, there's so many different there's so many different options out there, and I mean, some of the breweries I, I just named off and places you should go. I'd love to collaborate with them, but really, Nouvelle actually was something that really crossed my mind. Uh, okay. That's Travail's new brewery over there in Robbinsdale. I'm like, I'm a I huge foodie, and uh, they just opened up, so okay. it's the old pig ate my pizza. I place. had no and, idea what you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, pig ate my pizza moved into like brewery, but they still have the food there, and it's Travail. So like the the I expect the flavor experimentation to be extreme. And so that's the type of thing. Like I I'm game for all of it. I'm like, I don't know if you want me to drop my phone number, hit me up with a call and email, <laughs> but like, seriously, like, like oh, yeah. I really look forward to collaborating and like learning and like growing within the brewing community. Cause I don't have those personal connections coming from outside the industry. Brett definitely does have some of those, but oh. he's like, he's like, I don't really know if I want to introduce this guy to anybody. 
it's, it's like i gotta like really suss this guy out before i introduce him to like my friends and uh it, so i think that's the point where no i'm i'm totally not, not ready to meet the parents <laughs> yet no, exactly. it's like you know we're gonna walk this thing forward before we really make a full commitment to this new owner that's fair okay i you know i respect that brett we, we need to have him on and let's just like yeah, get him to open saying. up like we promise jason will never hear this go <laughs> well and 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 you're saying that everyone behind the doors there is into like metal music i mean psh, once upon a time i've seen megadeth i've seen maiden i've seen them all i'd love to pick their brain on their music uh, taste too oh have you heard of cattle decapitation like that's the stuff that no, like but the, like... i am fucking checking that out right after this <laughs> like i'm all, like over here i'm like i like corn and sounds like a great but... That's a great beer name, cattle decapitation. I don't know how much you're gonna sell that, to be honest. Milk, milk oh. stout, hey. A milk stout, oh my god. You got these like cows without heads and like just milk squirting out. Oh my god. See, there you we go. Are, we are 96? developing a beer on um no. mutant league hockey from back in the day, if you can envision that. Like Okay. I like Cattle it. Decapitation yeah. is an American death grind band from San Diego <laughs> formed in 1996. <laughs> and they're Jeez still kicking it. I got to listen to that uh, on my bike ride home. <laughs> oh, it's, yep. Uh, Every day it's something. Yep. New. Yob, yoga metal stuff. Like, I don't know. They, yoga they metal. Oh my yoga God. Metal. I can't. Okay, yes, we have to get your head brewer on the oh, show. This baby. is going to be hilarious. Now, now yes. Jason, answer honestly because while this is an important question, I. I want the truth. We're going to pivot into talking Minnesota sports, but the first thing when you talk about the, the renovations of the brewery, it's like a very no, no thing across a lot of breweries. Like it's, it's, it's just not a brewery culture thing to have TVs that play sports is Wabasha open to something like that. Yes. So that's something we want to do by splitting up the tap room. And I think we can achieve it. <laughs> I think we can achieve it where we have this balance of like the green room, which is like the notorious back room where the naughty stuff happens at clubs. And so we have the green room and then there's like the like chill tap room side. And so I think we can bring that in. We're going to have a projector on the one wall and then like a big screen, 65 inch TV. So we're not going to overwhelm the area with digital, but it's going to be quaint enough that like you're able to consume, you know, multiple streams and, dive into sports and certainly like sports talk and all that stuff like that's that's the so, so ufc Today's 271 there. is going to be right, live save, at it, save it save it Isha. I'm, that, I'm gonna get i'm gonna give you the floor just sorry, wait sorry. you said sports, but, you said sports. Uh, no ufc is different you know that i wish <laughs> so i wish i could I, afford a ufc pay-per-view <laughs> hey hoppy uh, hoppy has espn plus he'll hook you up there we go we got that yeah bring, bring, bring me in if you want to figure that out i i'm a consultant I work for beer. We'll figure out that sports room. <laughs> Don't you worry. Um, I'm in. I'm so in. let's talk Minnesota sports before I let you yeah. two just go to town on <laughs> UFC. I know you said not to like drag you through the dirt with wild stuff. So just tell me so people understand <laughs> you personally yeah. rank the, the teams as far as like not being good. Right. But like who you follow. So we got the twins. We got the wild. We got the timber puppies that are starting to become timber wolves. And we've got the Vikings. Mm -hmm. So, like, who who do you spend your time following? So, my my heart follows the Vikings. That's <laughs> it's really hard to say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my heart is with the Vikings. My mind is with the Twins. Like, 
And I love the Timberwolves and like the Wild as well. So they're probably like three and four, but like all number three. Like that's where it's like you can only do so much to follow stuff. And like the UFC and MMA consumes a lot of my like sports brains. Yeah. And a whole host of other stuff when you get into sports cards, by the way. Like I learned about F1 racing and soccer this last year when there was like nothing else going on. You're like, oh, F1's on and soccer's on. And so it's like, let's learn those sports. And so that's what kind of like stopped me from like diving full into other things. But I love watching the wild. I'm so bad at memorizing like the lineups and like the strategy behind it though. And that's what I love about sports is that strategy. So that's, I was a baseball player for a long time. Consultant. And that's, I, I just, that, that strat strategic piece of like, where's the pitcher standing on the rubber, the shift, like the numbers behind it. Like I dig it and all that stuff. And you just, you can't do that across every sport. So that's okay. where I'm at. Vikings. <laughs> Did we hire Harbaugh today? It's, it hasn't been decided yet. By the, by the time okay. this is out, Harbaugh has probably been hired. So, Jason, what do you think about the hiring of Harbaugh? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be awesome. Like, I Just the khakis or like also for his coaching? Oh, media clips, all nine yards. Media, like, I think. Dude, if, if Target doesn't capitalize <laughs> on his love for khakis, they should all be fired. Like this, I, I just, I think it's going to be great for like Minnesota sports business in general for like that guy to come in in town and like the the GM they hired, I think it's going to do a great job as well. He seems like a character. I'm not, a, I'm not a huge NFL guy. CFL, let's go, baby. BC Lions all the way. But uh, no, he seems like a character, especially like just on social media right now. And then I actually like it sparked my interest to like look him up and you know see what he's all about. No, it seems like the the Vikings are bringing a new flavor this year, which was long overdue, Hoppy, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, so Jason, we, we got to put you on the spot. Though. Brutal. Kirk or no Kirk? Oh, get rid of him. And I was a Kirk lover. Oh. I'll admit it. I was like, bring this guy in here. We need a game manager because at the time Zimmer could actually like run a defense and, you know, had like personnel that listened to him. So <laughs> at the time it seemed like that was the, what we needed. We needed a game manager. Like give me Brad Johnson or Trent Dilfer if our defense is going to be number one in the league. But we bring Kirk in and by all sakes and purposes, like he's a serviceable quarterback. I think he could win in those winning in the NFL, but the, the rest of like, I don't know what they were doing out there. Like the play calling defense and offense of these last couple of years has been abysmal. So, so is it the play calling so or Kirk? Him. Play calling or Kirk? Oh, play calling. I, th I, I so think. So do you think Harbaugh fixes I think he Kirk? Can execute. No. <laughs> you went no, from I think loving Kirk, Kirk to, to he's unfixable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Quite the hard right turn. <laughs> that was three years. It took me three years to figure this out. And by the way, Delvin Cook is amazing. So, like, <laughs> that's like, like, how do we not feature Delvin Cook more than offense? You have Delvin Cook and Justin Jefferson. Like, well, because Delvin Cook breaks every third game. Kirk that's Cousins true. is Jason's Vis Victor Rask. He went from Carolina to Minnesota, just high as oh. low. <laughs> but it's, it's Minnesota sports. So, like, Cousins You're is going to go to Denver or somewhere and, like, win a Super Bowl. That's, yeah. And we're going to end up with Jimmy G, which, yeah. That's the move, huh? Ooh. I thought I thought Jimmy, it was Wilson. No, we we can't. Puppy's favorite him. quarterback. I, hmm. I'm very indifferent on Russell Wilson. I don't know where <laughs> that came from. I thought, I, 
There, there was no. one podcast where you, cool. you were you were not happy about that at all because of them, the Seattle. Yeah, I think he's a good quarterback. I have zero interest in bringing him to Minnesota. Okay. Who can win in Minnesota? Well, we don't know because the no one? regime's going to change. No but one no one. Can. <laughs> Are you? That's, that's been the fan? joke. Everyone's like, "Oh, we need Brady to sign with the Vikings just to prove that the Vikings are that bad that they can't even win with them." It's true. It's true. <laughs> but, Evan McPherson definitely would have missed that kick if he was wearing purple. By the way, so so who <laughs> the, the Bengals who do you, who do you <laughs> pick though? Like who who should the Vikings get then for their quarterback if you're under the impression Kirk's done? <sighs> Honestly. I have no flipping clue. And uh, Jay, no, you can't be that strong in opinion here that he's done and then okay. be like, oh, right, I don't know who it? should come in. You want it? Aaron yeah. Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Let's do it. Hey, if he's signed here, absolutely. <laughs> he's really good. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's flip Kirk Cousins for Aaron Rodgers. This seems totally achievable. If it was in NFTs, we could flip Aaron <laughs> Rodgers for Kirk Cousins. <laughs> In NFTs. I love how you're already like using that lingo. That's hilarious. Let's see. We have uh oh, we have an unvaccinated Aaron Rodgers for an unvaccinated Kirk Cousins. Let's do it. Even up. And we'll take Devontae Adams at the same time. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't think I, I want to live in your dream world. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> now, all right, here's here's a fun one for you though, because like, okay, if Kirk's gone, we're probably not gonna really we're not going to get a better quarterback immediately, right? Like we're not going to bring someone in so. that's going to be better than Kirk was this past year. No. Do you do you take Justin Jefferson who is the makings of an elite all-star wide receiver? Do you just extort the shit out of the Cincinnati Bengals like get like four first round picks for him because you know Joe Burrow would like go to the front office and be like, "No, yeah, you you do this yeah. now." Get him back with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. Jefferson's happy. We get to watch Joe Burrow ball out and Waggle gets to sell a shit ton of hats. And Joey B is like he's get four first round picks. Why not? Why not? Who says no? I can't argue with that. I'm gonna say no. Wait. So you say I'm no. I'm gonna say no. Yes. So I just asked who I'm says gonna... no. You said I can't argue with that, and then you said you say no. Explain. This is true. This is the political <laughs> language coming back out again, clearly. <laughs> he needs another beer. So, I changed I changed my mind. I am gonna argue with that. I still don't know the quarterback. <laughs> but I think Jefferson has to stay. I, I was alive like to see Randy Moss and and Dante Culpepper of all people. So like I think Jefferson is that good. And we need to get somebody that can throw the deep ball to him. So like, what you want is for him to stay long enough that he can just leave as a disgruntled player rather than trading him for four firsts. Yes. Okay, I'm in. Let's do it. And build build a full Hall of Fame career with another team, a la yeah. David Ortiz and many other Minnesota Twins players. Yes. Oh, we're going. We're going better now. I like it. <laughs> Jason would love Kevin Fiala if he followed the wild, by the way. What I'm picking up on him right now. <laughs> Fiala oh and Dumba are all he would talk about. I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I shit. love it. All man. right, all right, Isha, I am hitting the mute button. Um, I'm giving you a generous ten minutes. That's way more UFC. than I've ever given Isha. Ten know, minutes, UFC, go. Hobby yes. plan. Hobby planned this because we're already. He really muted time. himself. <laughs> no, I know he he doesn't watch it at all. Okay, excited for. Uh, okay, first, did you did you watch the last? pay-per-view did you watch gone and in ganu and 
what were you, what were your thoughts oh, yeah. on the what were your thoughts on the the entire event overall? Were there fights that stood out for you, and did you like the main event? So I'm a big fan of Davidson Figueredo for like a long time. I think oh, I don't see, think he I'm a won Moreno that fight. guy, dude. This is great off the hop. I don't think he should have won that fight. No, so, thank you. The third round, Moreno yeah. won it. I see yeah. what I hate. What I hate is when yeah, Moreno got dropped with five <laughs> seconds left. The entire round he dominated. The entire yes. round. I love Figueredo um, too, but Moreno 100%, man. I think he was robbed in that one. And I'm looking at Hoppy, and I'm realizing the problem with the UFC is exactly what we're talking about. We're throwing out names that nobody freaking knows about in like the first sentence of talking about MMA. And these are like pound-for-pound pound best fighters in the world. World champions. Mora- they, that was a yeah. world title fight. I'll, I'll I'll tell you what I've told Isha just for context. Like, I think UFC is cool as shit. For me, it's like accessibility for a long time hasn't been a thing. It's become more accessible now, so that's not an excuse anymore. But for me, it's like kind of like you said earlier, Jason, with like, oh, yeah, like you're touching the rubber on the mound like this. And here's the strategy. Like, I don't mm-hmm. understand the strategy. I can watch you guys beat the shit out of each other and drink beer and have fun. But if I really want to get into it, I need to watch it with someone who really understands it so that they can like get me into the strategy. Cause dude, I don't know shit. No, and that's a good point. And and I watch it because like my first sport was martial arts. Like I I trained kung fu wrestling and a little bit of jujitsu. So like when I started watching UFC, I was like, I know exactly what Hoist Gracie is doing. I know exactly what Randy Couture is doing. I know exactly what Chuck Liddell is doing. And then when Anderson Silva came out, I was like, the Wayne Gretzky, the Michael Jordan has arrived in, you know, mixed martial arts. So like, I'm very fortunate that I had that background, but I think now Jason, like I, I mixed, I missed admittedly, cause I was into hockey at the time and I went all in on hockey. I missed the whole Fox era. I missed the whole Reebok okay. era. So like, I That's really okay. didn't watch the rise, <laughs> the rise. Yeah, I know. I, didn't, <laughs> I was laughing about I mean, that earlier. Today. I mean, the like, tail end of it. I did. Well, I they don't even watch- wear shoes in MMA. <laughs> no, 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 the Reebok deal, I mean, as, as far as they're close, because yeah. now they're with Venom and, and uh, what is it, Crypto.com. But the whole yeah. like, Conor McGregor era, I, I kept tabs on it. I watched the, the Floyd boxing match and whatnot. But I wasn't as invested as, you know, the early tough days, the Anderson Silva days, the GSP rise and him, you know, getting through Matt Hughes only to be upset by fucking Matt Sarah of all people. Like, I was invested yeah, in that era. Missed that yeah. middle. I would say right now, and I want to get your opinion, is mixed mixed martial art and the ufc and i say mixed martial art because you know if you if you have fight pass if you have espn plus you get cage warriors you get mm-hmm. uh, you don't get bellator but i imagine if you're a nerd like us you tune into bellator every now and then but you know what i mean you mma yeah. is so much more like hoppy highlight accessible now is ufc and mma not like at, at its best roster wise right now because I, I think so and that's why i was drawn back in in the last year so I think what we're seeing was, it was this, like in the early beginnings of UFC, you saw Hoist Gracie come out with jujitsu and choke the shit out of people with like a boxing glove on. Like there was a dude with one boxing glove in the UFC. It was like pit fighting with Tank Abbott and these like wrestlers then come up and like dominate everybody. And then it goes back to jujitsu and like there's these cycles. But I think what we're seeing now back to Francis Ngannou and Cyril Gane, we're at like the athletes have been in mixed martial arts since they were a generation a generation of athletes now and there's enough money there like in the last few years to where like they see now of like okay this is a viable career opportunity 
if I don't get my brains knocked out of my ears and like if I play it smart. And so now they're in mixed martial arts and it, it's it's amazing. to I mean, John Jones, like that guy's a freak. All of his like blessings and curses aside, like Valentina that guy comes Shevchenko. from a freak athlete family. Valentina, Valentina Shevchenko is, ha- I see the five is hands down <laughs> a one of the most beautiful humans off on the face of the earth because I like swoon whenever I see her. And, but B, one of the greatest martial artists, if, if not like fucking warriors I've ever seen. And like Whenever I yeah. watch her fight, I'm like, her techniques, ama- it's, it's amazing. And again, from a martial arts perspective, but also as like a great athlete and someone, one of the greats, the greats in mixed martial arts, as you said, someone who was brought up learning all of them, not just one, you know, trade, you know, like, like the Parisians that remember Carl Parisian, he was a judo guy, Ronda yeah, Rousey, amazing. very, He's very much judo. Yeah, very much judo based though. And then it had its limits, you know, when you meet a good striker, whereas now it's like, they they're all black belts and in jujitsu and boxers and they're amateurs. Like it's, it's crazy to see. So uh, who are some of your favorite fighters right now? You know, and you can say UFC Bellator. I don't know which one you, your yeah. allegiance is to, but like, who are some of your, be- who are some of your favorite fighters in the MMA world right now? I, I try to watch it all. Like I've been obsessed for many years. And so like the, my favorite fighters to watch right now, um, they're probably going to Valentina is up there. Yeah. That's like watching Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, oh, and like yeah. the like the elegance and the beauty of like people just getting destroyed. Um, <laughs> like Lauren Murphy didn't a have a fucking chance. <laughs> like it's it's a she does a number on anybody and anything that stands in her way, and it's done in this like very like like aesthetically pleasing way. If that may that sounds really bizarrely weird, but like no, you have to, d- see it to I get believe it. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, does GSP count? Like. I still love GSP. I mean, he's he still like, under what, contract. He's still no. under contract. <laughs> Brock Lesnar? No. Um, he's Minnesotan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I, I'm deep into Davidson Figueredo. Like I say, yeah. I think he's a he's an awesome, amazing fighter. I'm excited to see Cejudo come back. Uh, yeah, he's talking about coming entered, up in another the, weight class. Yeah, just entered the Sada, the Sada yeah. pool again, I heard. Um, and then I don't miss a Justin Gaethje fight. Yeah, he's That's, a pitbull. How about that yeah. Chandler fight? That card was unbelievable. Yes, yes. So that's what like I love like the like the lower like key cards actually, where there's just a bunch of people where you know it's going to be a bunch of bangers. And I love submissions too. Like you mentioned, you were in jujitsu, so like the the nuances of like the ground game. I think we're on like an evolutional like cycle here again, where there's a lot of uh, kickboxing going on. Yeah. Um, wrestling is at the four i mean Ogano winning winning very like via wrestling like who would have anticipated that happening brilliant brilliant and, and clearly he's the athlete that can do it but like obviously gane had no game plan of how to get that dude off the top of him and like and that was, a, was great no no acl and two mcl sprains too which is why he had to go to the wrestling, which is insane. Um, perfect segue, and we'll end it off here, Hoppy, too, but into the jujitsu stuff, because my two favorites to watch right now, other than, of course, Max Holloway, because he's the best best boxer Dude. UFC, baby, um, is Max. Uh, Max is amazing. Legend. Yes. He's already in the Hall of Fame. He's not even, what is he? He's not even 30. He's not even 30 <laughs> years old. I'd say he's already like a Hall of Famer. Two-time champion, yes. unbelievable. Guaranteed. Uh, I love Brian Ortega. I think he's yep. the second coming of... Um, 
of you know the cha- the the next challenger Charles Oliveira of Justin Gaethje or should I say Justin Gaethje the challenger of Charles Oliveira for the belts. Now we talked about submissions. You know T City couldn't have, couldn't get it done against Volkanovski. Do you think that Justin Gaethje has the cojones to last a round or two with Charles Oliveira and get through some of his submissions? Because I mean Oliveira took out Chandler. You know he he's been taking out the guys. He you know he took out Poirier. You know, he's it's a been bad taking, matchup. He's been taking out the guy, but that he's been going up against guys who just can who who on paper are better with the brute force, who have better cardio, and who can knock that skinny Brazilian out. He seems to last two, three <laughs> rounds and sneak in the choke every fucking time. Oliveira's on some shit right now. That guy, he's been around the UFC for a long time. And ten years, you know, yep. I, I think he's in this like not afraid to die attitude where like I, I wouldn't want to find I don't think anybody can beat him right now. I, I think you know maybe it'll be a couple years, but he's in that Anderson Silva matrix mode right now where like he's not afraid of anything. And I love it. I, I it's like a superpower. It. It's so and I, I didn't like seeing how long he's been around and he's he's got a pretty prolific UFC career. He's had some losses along the way and setbacks, and he'd always try to like he'd be here but never at the top. And like to see him out there now, and he he's in a different mental state. I'm not sure what he did, but it seems like it was a mental maybe mental coaching that brought him to the next level because I I, I don't think anybody can beat him. Well well said. Love the answer, and I honestly think I honestly think he could beat Khabib if Khabib came out of retirement right now with with what with, with what he's on right now, um, and his celebration when he won that belt finally like it brought me to tears like i got emotional watching that and it was like it was like kevin garnett it was like kevin garnett level you know yeah you know anything is possible level and you know i didn't understand him because it was all in brazilian but him just like rubbing that belt runs to like dana white gives him a huge hug and like joe rogan and all them like yeah it was It was truly something special. So uh, we'll, we'll end it there. We, we, I think we snuck in everything I wanted to get to. But again, Jason, we'll have to bring you on again to talk about well, NFTs and more UFC. Yeah, we, we need sure. to do like a UFC live stream or something. And, we come, and oh. like, we, we'll figure out <laughs> UFC stuff here. We'll figure well, it out. J- yeah. Jason, I just, we can, yeah. I just Maybe tagged that. you guys in a, in a <laughs> post on Twitter just saying that we were doing the interview with a picture of the beers. And Isha, they changed the name of the account to wabashabrewing.eth. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> you are changing it to Gary V. Brewing. You are. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, shit. Well, you know, if you're, if you're going to name it like a domain name, you got to own the ENS domain as well now these days. Jesus Christ. Like, that's just that's just the future. Yeah. I'm sorry. My, my you want to talk metaverse now? My AK-47 in Counter-Strike, it's worth 100 bucks. the last time I checked. Let's see what it's what it's worth now, baby. Let's go. It's 12. We need to get Steve Hoppy, like, an ape or, or something. I can tell. He needs one. I, I know it's destiny. <laughs> You know, <laughs> like, no, we're I not just going. I don't even there. understand. You think I don't understand the UFC? I really <laughs> don't understand. Yeah, that. okay. We'll get you understand the uh, UFC scoring, which will take a while, and then, then we'll get take a bit. Yeah, then my brain will be loosened up for it. Um, <laughs> shit, uh, Jason, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, talking. Well, shit, you're the first perspective we've had on opening a new brewery, really. Um, 
it's been fun first in a long time the, for sure, the yeah. twists and turns right with acquiring an existing brewery to be clear using uh, use, acquiring right, existing, right right uh, fully sure, sure, operational. sure 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 <laughs> all right fair enough but funding it with gary v money <laughs> no you hate the wild you hate Kirk <laughs> cousins you love khakis um i don't know i don't think i've missed anything and ufc is okay i guess yes cargo khakis they need cargo <laughs> they need cargo pockets on the side just oh man clear. khaki shorts that's what we got to get them in khaki shorts yes. um but before we let you go jason uh again first of many uh what i'm guessing here because isha's swooning yes. uh, anything at all you want to pump and promote that you haven't yet whether that's upcoming events or upcoming beer releases so geez um I was not, of all the things, I wasn't prepared to that question. So <laughs> I, I talk honestly, about everything that I have at my disposal right now that I'm currently <laughs> drinking. That's far as it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I want to, I want to shout it out to the team here at Wabasha Brewing Company. As I said, I acquired a brewery in flight here. They have adopted me as another partner in the business. And these guys, they're, they're amazing. Like the brewer, the assistant brewer, Adam, Kevin, um, Sam, Becky down in the tap room and all of the like loyal patrons we have at Wabasha Brewing Company. Those are my heroes. I wouldn't, I never would have bumbled, stumbled and fell into this thing if they hadn't supported this brewery for like the first seven years of its existence. So as, as we move forward, I hope to continue to support this community, grow this community and do it in all the right ways. We will be launching our white chocolate, white stout uh, next Friday. And then beyond that, we've got anniversary parties coming up in April, where we'll be de- debuting some of our barrel-aged beers. And I skipped over March because I don't know the exact dates quite yet, but we got two new brands coming out. We have a uh, Mexican lager beer coming out, Lager del Sol. That's like the beer I'm most excited about, and we're introducing our sours as well in the month of March. So that's kind of the punchline. Come check us out. Our tap room is a neighborhood pub style, feel vibes and feel. We got live music Fridays and Saturday nights, and this team does just an amazing job. So, uh, drink local, support local. We're we're as neighborhood as they I think get around these these reaches. So we love we love drinking beer, talking sports, and, and hanging out, listening to heavy metal. <laughs> with crazy band names all right with that being said thanks again jason really appreciate it first of many uh with that signing off i'm you should me alongside the state of hoppy this has been the soda pod presented by the hockey podcast network you good boys yeah Amazing. don't fear just drink some beer stay wild